1: Welcome back to our series on Catholic Spirituality. I am your host, Father Fleece. We are here again with Father Desposito. Hello, Father. Hello. Thank you. Um, Glad to be back. Our pleasure. Father, what are we going to see today? What is the subject of today's episode?
0: Well, uh, we start... On the first chapter, and by the way, for those who have the book, we are going to skip the introduction. The author speaks about the different names the, uh, of Christian spirituality, ascetical and mystical theology, the theology of Christian perfection, etc., and, and why he chose for his book the name The Theology of Christian Perfection, and also in the introduction he will he speaks about the different schools of Catholic spirituality, um, but we go straight to the first chapter, and it's about the end, so we consider, as in you know, all uh, any study and anything, um, the end, which is the the first thing that is in in our intention actually. So when we want to do something first, we have to um, know what we're going to do and decide what we're, what we are going to do. So here we start uh, with the end, and actually the end of the whole uh, universe and the the end of the, the Christian life. So what? What is the reason why we are here on this earth,
1: so Father, what is then the the end of uh, the whole of creation? well it's God himself, uh, and it's important to understand that that
0: God created everything that you see everything uh for his own glory, and that's the the very th- first thing that we see in the book is the definition of the glory of God so Uh, In Latin is clara notitia cum laude, a clear knowledge with uh, praise. And uh, from this um, definition, we see that there is something outside of God that gives this uh, glory to God. There is a recognition of his uh, dignity. And in order to do that, we have to distinguish between what is called the intrinsic glory of God and... The extrinsic glory of God. So the, basically, um, the intrinsic glory of God is that glory that exists from all eternity in the, uh, in the blessed trinity, in the bosom of the blessed trinity. So the, you um, have the processions in God, um, The father, and I will quote the book right now, the father, by way of an intellectual generation, conceives a most perfect idea of himself, his divine son, or his word, in whom is reflected his life, his beauty, his immensity, his eternity, and all his infinite perfections. And as a result of their mutual contemplation, there is established between these two divine persons, by way of procession, a current Uh, of indescribable love, an impetuous torrent of fire, which is the Holy Ghost. So here you have this perfect knowledge, this perfect love of God from all eternity, two persons that proceed and one person that doesn't proceed. So those are the three persons of the Blessed Trinity. Here there is, from all eternity, an intrinsic glory uh, in God. But what concerns us is, uh, in, a, in a way, now, in a way we want to speak uh, in the future, is the extrinsic glory of God. There is something external that uh, is given him, and this comes from creatures. So, um, the um, what is called the extrinsic glory of God com- comes from everything that is not himself.
1: And for, for, for our listeners who might not be familiar with the the general principles of uh, theology uh, is uh, creation a free act on the part of God?
0: Yes, it's a most uh, a most free act. There is a difference between freedom in God and freedom in a, in a human being or an angel, uh, because when when we speak about our liberty, we are speaking about um, cho- choosing between particular goods in view of the end. So we have many objects for the specification of our freedom. In God, we have to understand, he cannot pick or choose something outside of himself. So it's one object there. And the the freedom of God is that he chooses to manifest his goodness in different ways. He most freely has chosen to Create so there is a an axiom that uh, in Latin bonum est diffusivum sui. This is all in the book, that which basically means that the the good uh, is going to by nature diffuse itself. So uh, therefore, it it is fitting that God will create to that is to, he will um, manifest. Or share his perfections with other beings that are not himself. So, but again, that's, this is a free act. This, he's not obliged. He's not, um, there is not a necessity to create. And this, by the way, is a heresy to say that God creates out of necessity. There is a, a misapplication of the um, um, of the principle bonum est diffusivum sui, which is a very old error, and uh, you, you see it already in the. In the uh, those Platonist philosophies, philosophers Plotinus and and uh, a bad interpretation of Saint Augustine, etc. And Ratzinger, the um, uh, anti-pope, uh, now uh, resigned uh, Benedict the sixteenth. He uh, hosted this. So in his, you read his works. I hope you do. Not, you do not read his works, but <laughs> works. But if you do, uh, or you have to study him, um, he speaks about this. Um, the God is so good that He's obliged. There is a kind of a necessity to create to uh, manifest His uh, His glory externally. This is not the case. Already, as we said before, there is something called the intrinsic glory of God. God is absolutely. I mean, that the 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 the, the, the good of God is diffused already from all eternity in the in the in the processions in the divine eternal processions. So He's in, in no need at all to. Create So, and uh, the book says that this is not like some kind of uh, egoism. God creates um, by a free act in order to glorify himself. This is not egoism. Uh, All all the contrary. He is in no need of creatures, but he uh, chooses to share his perfection with creatures. So, it's very important uh, to understand that that we are created for god not because god is this uh, uh, egoist uh, being that wants everything for himself but being the, the perfect being he uh, chooses to manifest and and to share his basically happiness his eternal happiness with us so it is important to understand that that uh, uh, that
1: principle but that is <clears throat> that is clear father now when we go uh, down and we consider now in particular the end, not in general of, of the universe, but of the intellectual creatures and in particular of man, in what will that consist?
0: Well, the, the again, the, the, the ultimate, uh, our end is again God, if you consider, because he's, uh, you can say that our end is uh, our happiness. But we are only going to find happiness in God. So um, uh, we are going to to see that in more detail in the future. But there are many, there are some distinctions to make with regard to the end. Um, Saint Paul, if you read, is uh, in, in the book in page twenty five. It says in the, his first uh, epistle to the Corinthians, and when all things are made subject. To him, then the Son Himself will also be subject to Him who subjected all things to Him, that God may be all in all. So, and therefore, uh, St. Paul exhorts us not to take a single step which will not lead to the glory of God. So, everything we have to do has to be for the glory of God. Again, we have been created for for God, and again, our happiness is going to be found only in God. Therefore, Saint Paul continues: whether you eat or drink or do anything else, do all for the glory of God. So, um, in other words, we have been created for heaven and to be eternally happy, uh, and and that's God. I mean, this the union with God. Um, this. Um, um, so we have to keep that in mind, as uh, that's the the whole the whole uh, reason why we exist on this earth, in order to glorify God here on earth, and to prepare ourselves for heaven. And everything, in I quote the book, everything has to be subordinated to this finality, our last end, to the glory of God. So even and this is interesting, even the soul's salvation and sanctification must be sought for the greater glory of God. So, it's... Uh, and there's a quotation that I remember, I uh, don't remember literally, but St. Uh, Therese of Lisieux used to say that uh, in a way, I mean, she wouldn't mind going to hell if that will be more pleasing to God. If that w- will give more glory to God, she will be in a way happy, I mean, you can say that in hell. And... By the way, our salvation and sanctification depend on that, uh, on how we glorify God. So, um, and this uh, again, I quote the books to close this thought. Our own sanctification and salvation cannot become our absolute ultimate end. Even, uh, even they must be uh, sought only because our happiness consists in the eternal praise of glory of the blessed Trinity. So that is the ultimate, uh, so uh, that is the ultimate, an absolute end of the entire uh, Christian life.
1: So, Father, in the pra- in practice, a soul that aspires to perfection, how this soul can bear these principles um, in a practical way, that is in the in the life of everyday. Well, first of all, to as it happens
0: in everything in the in the spiritual life, as we're going to repeat. Many times in the, in the you know, on this series, we have to convince ourselves intellectually. What is our goal? Which, which what is our end? And when we practice virtue, and we want to acquire some virtues or um, that we need, or, or to conquer some vices. The first thing is this con- conviction that we have to have intellectually. That's why meditation is so important. Um, and, and here we have to always remember the, the goal, the goal of our creation, and the practical order that is uh, every day. We have to keep in mind that uh, we have been created for uh, created for the, the, the greater uh, glory of God. Uh, so, um, nothing, I will go back to the book, says nothing, whatever, should be preferred to this, not even the desire for one's own salvation or sanctification, which must be considered in a secondary place as the most efficacious means of giving glory to God one must seek to resemble St. Alphonsus Ligua in this, of whom it was said that he had in his head nothing else but the glory of God. And one must take as a theme or motto the standard of the Society of Jesus, as enunciated by St. Ignatius Loyola, ad maiorem Gloriam Dei, so, uh, to the uh, greater glory of God. So th- this is when you try to find the difference uh, between an average Catholic, an average Christian, and a saint, you you can reduce, this is the difference, you can reduce the the whole thing to this, that they had this um, um, uh, inclination, this attitude towards God all the time, do all for the glory of God, that's what St. Paul says in the first epistle uh, to the Corinthians, So this is uh, basically our end and in the practical order again we have to remember it, we have to convince ourselves of the importance of it and uh, remember that we have only one life, so this uh, we have to give glory to God while we can merit. Uh, When we die we either go to heaven, hell or purgatory and there is no way to merit anymore Uh, we merit by uh, our love our uh, sanctifying uh, the uh, sanctifying grace being um, uh, made more and more intense in our souls by good acts and uh, the acts of the virtues and we have to again remember that why we are on this earth
1: Father, I read here in the book uh, when he speaks about sanctification the author says after the glory of God, and perfectly subordinated to it, the Christian life has for its end or goal the sanctification of one's own soul." Now, what will be the import of this uh, sanctification?
0: Well, again, as I said before, once you understand that you, you are here for one single purpose, for the glory of God, you you have to um, ask yourself, okay, how do I do this? So how do we glorify God? And that is by sanctifying ourselves by being perfect. So in the spiritual, we're spiritual creatures, intellectual creatures, and our perfection is intellectual, is spiritual. So um, so for a for an animal, for example, for a cat. Uh, by the way, we have here our fat cat, the seminary's cat, uh, accompanying us in the in this uh, uh, radio show. And uh, so, looking at the cat, I see that he is already perfect as a cat by doing the things that belong to the, to a cat. So he just eats, uh, sleeps. I mean, that's the things that a cat does, and that's enough for an animal. Why? Because they have um souls which are of the sensitive order their very existence depends there is the existence of the sensitive soul depends on the body so the once the cat dies that's it he disappears this, he doesn't exist anymore but a human being and but and, uh, also going back to the cat and they they are already um doing the will of god and 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 glorifying god by just acting as cats and uh so and that, that's enough. And once again, when they die, that's it. They they had their purpose. But we are human beings. We have a rational soul which is immortal, and we have to think of eternity. A- again, we we center everything, uh, our what we do, uh, in our sanctification. This is will be the end. That is subordinated to that glory of God, and that's how we glorify God. Actually by being holy, perfect, and and it's important to understand that this is not optional. So, it's not that we have, alright, you can be, uh, yes, you can become a saint, or, I mean, perhaps you you can be mediocre, and uh, no, this is not an option, because, first of all, we have been baptized, that is, we belong to the church, we are part of the mystical body of Christ, and... Second, uh, if you go again within the book, we have some quotations very strong on the part of our Lord about about the obligation to be holy, perfect. He says, you, therefore, are to be perfect even as your heavenly Father is perfect. So it doesn't say you have to be perfect uh, and relatively perfect or this or that or just uh, do your best. It says you have to be perfect even... Even as your heavenly Father is perfect so this is a, a, a supernatural perfection a divine perfection that of course as we are going to see in the book and in the future uh, future episodes episodes sorry um, it's not possible this is uh, our Lord is giving us a command that is not possible to uh, fulfill or accomplish without his the grace so that's another thing that not to fall into naturalism or to to think that we can become perfect without the aid of God. This is uh, something that our Lord asks from us, but at the same time, He has to give that perfection, and that's the how prayer becomes becomes so important. So this is we are going to speak about supernatural virtue, supernatural perfection, and all of those things can only come from God. Uh, another quotation here says uh, that we are called to be saints. So we are here on earth to be saints. For this is uh, this is the will of God, your sanctification more clearly it be stated that's simple to the Thessalonians the will of God is that we become saints holy perfect so this is not uh this is not an option, so we do not have if I speak humanly the right to be mediocre or not to become saints this is a a precept a commandment on the part of God so uh yes this is uh um you can see uh, in a way how important the spiritual life is and uh, uh, in a way that I hope this, this um, series is going to help people to understand the, the, um, the things that we have to do and, and to help uh, them to take the necessary means to arrive
1: at, at this uh, sanctity. Father, um, when we speak about perfection... Are we speaking about uh, the perfection of uh, heaven or a perfection on this earth?
0: Well, we have again this distinction here. We can arrive at a relative perfection on this earth, but it's not going to be the last or the final perfection that is only attainable in heaven by the blessed. So, here by the development of sanctifying grace, we can, and um, by the way, those who are, we are here as uh, still. On this earth are called the wayfarers. So, as a wayfarer, you can arrive at a relative perfection. That's what the saints did. And that, which is the last step, you can say, uh, before heaven, before you, um, you die and your soul is um, um, eternally united with God. So, but I will quote here about this, uh, St. Thomas Aquinas says that uh, our the beatitude of perfection in glory requires two conditions, the total perfection of the one who is beatified and a knowledge of the good possessed. These two conditions are actually verified in the happiness of the blessed because, as Pope Benedict XII declares, the souls of the just see the divine essence by an intuitive face-to-face vision with no creature as a medium of vision, but with the divine essence immediately manifesting itself to them clearly and openly. And the Council of Florence says, souls immediately upon entrance into heaven see clearly the one and triune God as he is, one more perfectly than another, depending on their merits. So why we are talking about the blessed is because what they receive when you die and you have... um, in the state of friendship with God, in the state of grace, and you don't have to uh, go to purgatory, um, you receive something called the light of glory. So mm, this is studied in in sacred theology. um, So we are not going to give any... Uh, like a, a definition of this but we can say what is the Thomas teaching on this it says that it is a created quality divinely infused into the intellect whereby it is intrinsically perfected and elevated so um, this light of glory is like um, something that makes us, makes it possible for us for an intellectual creature to see God God belongs to a different order the divine supernatural order we we need to be elevated in order to see God so we cannot even the sacred scripture says that you see God you die meaning meaning this that there is a a, a, a an infinite distance between the two um, so in order to uh, be with God and to see God we need this light of glory and why we are talking about this because the 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 difference let's say between someone who is already in heaven who has attained the end and the, and those who are still on this earth but they are the, they are on their way to heaven the difference is only in the lumen in the lumen glory or the light of glory there is those who are on this earth they have and the perfection consists on sanctifying grace and charity the only thing that will change when you die is that, that sanctifying grace, in a way, becomes the light of glory. That is, uh, the amount of grace that you had, and the merits you had, etc., are going to give you a more or less uh, amount of this special thing that God creates called the light of glory, through which you see uh, God. So, um, so this is the... the we, we are asking, or we are trying to find out what is uh, the, the perfection that we are supposed to have on this earth... Are the, the, of the three elements that are found in heaven, two of them are found here, sanctifying grace and charity. So, um, again, that is very, very important that we receive sanctifying grace and charity and faith and hope uh, and all the infused virtues and gifts when we are baptized um, as babies. Um So, um, as adults, you need uh, other conditions that we are going to see. But as the baby that cannot actually make supernatural acts, but he can receive the habits. He can receive um, faith, hope, charity, sanctifying, uh, uh, together with sanctifying grace, that comes with sanctifying grace and the infused virtues and gifts of the Holy Ghost. So, all of those things have to develop. Those are like a seed that we receive. So imagine uh, in, in the case of uh, the seed that you have the plant, you plant the seed, it starts growing, and you need to water it, you need to take care of it and trim it, uh, put some uh, you know, fertilizers, and uh, until they give the, the flowers and the fruits, and they become big, becomes a tree, etc. This is analogically what we have to do with with this grace that we receive in baptism. Again, the church is very wise in baptizing babies because. In a way, we don't have the chance of after choosing, okay, I will be uh, mediocre or I will, uh, or I will be not baptized. Or No, once you're baptized, you have this seed of um, this sanctifying grace, which is called the seed of glory, too, because it becomes afterwards, or should become, the light of glory. And, again, we are supposed to work with what we have. We are supposed to take care of this seed and make sure that it becomes a, a tree.
1: So, one may say, then, in other words, that uh, the, the whole seeking after perfection will be essentially uh, uh, de- seeking for a development, a normal development of these um, principles that we have in in our soul the infused principles, yes,
0: this is the whole thing so the uh, all, this book is really big, so seven hundred pages or something, but like, basically, what we are trying to find out and, and see and study is how do we develop sanctifying grace, how we increase charity, which is the greatest of all the the theological virtues, um, how we uh, practice and uh, Retain and make grow the infused virtues, and also something that we are going to see, which is very, we spoke about the different schools of spirituality, and the the one that of the Dominicans, the Thomist uh, or Thomistic school, will emphasize, stretch the the fact that we need to, um, in order to perfect the, the virtues, the theological virtues and infused virtues, we need absolutely i mean we need the gifts of the holy ghost the actuation of those gifts that constitutes the what is called the mystical life so uh so we're going to see all of that and let me just again go to the uh, to the book it says Uh, since the theology of Christian perfection is concerned with the sanctification of man as a wayfarer and studies the supernatural organism of the spiritual life in order to discover the laws of growth or imperfection, we shall now consider the supernatural organism and its faculties or powers and then proceed to investigate the nature of Christian perfection and the mystical state. So again, it's all... This the, yes, the development of grace and virtue in the soul. So you can see again uh, how important uh, all this knowledge that we are going to try to give in, the, in this series is for Catholics, um, and especially today. In the past, you used to have so many parishes and churches and convents and this and that that um, you just had to go on a Sunday or. A, uh, holidays and you have these instructions and sermons and and um, everywhere and good books etc. and the whole the whole um, I say not the teaching but also the the, the society was more uh, I would say more Christian. So there were now so many uh, obstacles uh, external obstacles to to perfection and, and now. Uh, that we live in a, in a complete different world, one of the great apostasy, and this is not an exaggeration at all, uh, it's important to, and also we don't, do not have so many priests and religious and uh, preachers etc. going around and, and, and publicly uh, saying these things so it's important that through the internet and through the, um, this um, thanks to technology and uh, that we can give this information this, uh, teach people the things that they need to know in order to become saints, in order to become perfect. So there are so many, also so many errors, so many misunderstandings, uh, so that uh, and those who suffer are the people. Um, the the um, on restoration radio, you have many shows attacking uh, the, the modernists and etc. Something that is uh, amazing is that always the fault is um, of all these problems heresies and things uh, that actually the people are going to suffer They come from clergy, they come from the priests, from the bishops, uh, and all of, all of the heresies come from priests. Uh, the the bad formation and the bad morals and and the uh, because they are not doing their jobs today is very I mean apparent but um, so you see uh, so I say this because those who suffer are the these, I mean it's the, the faithful Catholics that do not have the uh, chance uh, to be exposed to doctrine to sound doctrine um, with regard to the faith and with regard to the means that they need to uh, to go to heaven and um, so um we try here at our seminary to give a good formation to priests so that those priests are going to be uh, be able to instruct not only give the sacraments like sacrament machines but instruct the people on this uh, these very important points So, I hope we are going to do this uh, uh on the ne na- on this on this series so the um, ascetical and mystical theology, or the theology of Christian perfection, as this book is called, uh, is basically the, 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 mystical, the mystical life, the, the explanation of the, the mystical life. And you have, as, a, as knowledge, you have the philosophy, which is very good, of course, and the philosophy that to know the truth, uh, aided, uh, aided by the, the, our reason. So our reason working can know many, many truths. You have sacred theology that uses reason, but the, the source for theology is revelation, So, but still uses reason, and you have the science of sciences, which is mystical theology. And that's why St. Thomas Aquinas, when he had a, a vision of heaven or something, he tried to burn the, the Summa Theologiae uh, because he saw the difference between the science of the saints and human science. That even theology is human in a way because it uses reason to develop its arguments. So um, we are here, you might say, this is the most important of all of the sciences. where we are
1: going to try to, to talk about on this series. Truly, truly, Father. And it seems uh, the spiritual authors speak about this uh, by the name of the science of the saints. Um, which is referred also as the the science of ascetical and mystical theology, Father. We have covered today quite a bit of uh, points. For I would like to invite the hearers who have the book to um, go ahead and review the points we saw we saw today from page uh, twenty three of the book till page twenty eight, which is the first uh, chapter the end of the Christian life. What are we going to see or treat next time, Father?
0: Well, um, next chapter is going to be about sanctifying grace. So we're going to study and uh, review the, the, the principle of the supernatural life that is sanctifying grace, and also actual grace. So we are going to explain that distinction between habitual sanctifying grace and actual grace. And um, and yes we start with this principle of life as we saw we said before this seed that is given us in at baptism sanctifying grace and yes as for today uh, we cover quite a, a bit it's not too many pages in the book but um, you can see how important it is to have a good start and and yes um, i hope uh, we can we can continue next time
1: thank you father for your time thank you our listeners for joining us today and uh, we invite you to join us next time with the uh, second chapter on sanctifying grace thank you father for your time thank you very much
0: if you have any questions for father Disposito or feedback on this episode we would love to hear from you you can contact us at Spirituality at org, and we will pass along your questions and comments to father Disposito. We would also take this moment to remind you that all correspondence with us is strictly confidential. All of us here at the Restoration Radio Network would ask that if you found this show to be informative, helpful, or in any way beneficial to you and to your faith, that you please consider sending a note of thanks to the clergy who helped make our network worthwhile. Remember that above and beyond material contributions, the most important donation you can make to our work here is prayer. Please think of offering a Mass, a Rosary, or even a simple Ave for our work the next time you pray. For The Restoration, I am Matthew Arthur. May God bless you. This program was brought to you free of charge by the sponsorship of Novos Ordo Watch. See for yourself that the Church of the Second Vatican Council is not in fact the Catholic Church of the Ages. Go to
1: watch.org. That's watch.org.